On today's edition of the show, we're going to provide an update in regards to Alexander Barkov's injury after leaving Game 3 early. We are going to compare the Florida Panthers' run to another team that made a Cinderella run pretty recently. And we're going to discuss more about how the Florida Panthers went from dysfunction to contender. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into this Wednesday, May 24th edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez, and you can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers and on Instagram as well at LO underscore FLA Panthers as well. And special shout out to the everydayers who come here every day to get your daily Florida Panthers fix. So today is a special edition of the show because usually Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is a wine-ins Wednesday, but it, it's a special kind of wine-ins Wednesday because in the more than in the three seasons that I've been doing the show, every time that I have brought a guest in, it's been done virtually. But for the first time in the history of Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, it is an in-person show as I bring in my guest here, Jacob Winans, on this in-person Winans Wednesday edition of the show as we give you the Chris Collinsworth slide-in on on the show. Welcome to the debut of an in-person show. And my friend, how are you feeling about the Panthers being up Three nothing against the Carolina Hurricanes, my yeah, friend. It, it is awesome. Uh, super cool to be doing an in-person show. Um, definitely a first for both of us. But um, no, it's it's great, and uh, I feel a little better if the Heat had just finished off that game. But uh, I, I just tweeted out um, we're apparently us watching together is really really bad luck. So we're not going to be doing that tomorrow. But <laughs> uh, at least we're together for tonight's show, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, getting together, eating some 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 wings, and then of course uh, doing some um, show prep right prior to uh, tonight's show. But let, let's uh, also uh, provide a, a little bit of a, of an of an update on on the on the on the injury front for uh, Alexander Barkov, the 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 captain. And Paul Maurice did go on WQAM this morning and spoke uh, to on the Joe Rose show, talking about how he's optimistic about 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 uh about the injury nothing too too severe uh, i think he used the word sinister as far as far as the the wording for it and i i was we were talking about this in our chat on for panther parkway how we we don't we i don't think that paul Maurice would have used that terminology as far as bar missing a bar mitzvah if he thought that anything was serious and just and it's great to see that the that the captain is going to be okay. No guarantee that he does play in Game Four. Um, Paul Maurice did um, speak later to the media that day that that he's going to test it out to see. He tested tested more of it out today. Going to test it out more tomorrow, and maybe we even see the captain back in 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 game in Game Four. Something that the Florida Panthers were cautiously optimistic about. Yeah, so as far as uh, Paul Maurice's comments post-game last night, I thought it was pretty funny, personally. Um, I Like you said, I, I really don't think he'd be joking around about uh, the, the injury to the captain if it were something serious or something that they were like, 
incredibly concerned about. So I thought it was cool. Uh, I thought it was lighthearted. Uh, I felt like it kind of took took a lot of the concern and worry off without him actually saying, you know, no Mark, doubt. I was fine. Um, I, I love seeing on Twitter today everyone talking about the the bark mitzvah. Um, that's definitely going to be a, a, a topic of, of conversation the farther the, the Panthers go. Um, but yeah, the play itself looked really awkward. I mean, it didn't really look like a, it looked like a nothing hit. I didn't really see what happened. Uh, it took a while for them to even identify where he got hurt uh, and, and credit to the, to the TNT uh, camera crew for, for actually locating the play where he got injured. But um, as far as the outlook going forward, like, like the, the legendary Wayne Gretzky was saying post game yesterday, the, the Panthers have the luxury of a three, one, three, zero lead right now. Uh, they have time on their hands. They don't have to press him to play this next game. Of course, you'd rather get this done early. Uh, and, and then it's even more time for him to rest. But the Panthers showed last night they're capable of winning with Barkov not in the lineup. They can do it. It, it was They did it the hard way. They did not get a lot of scoring. It, they got just one single goal on a power play. But W's are W's. They got it done without him. They've proven they can. Uh, it, it'd be better to have him in the lineup. But when you're up 3-0, you have the luxury of if he needs an extra game, you can give him that because uh, a 3-1 lead is still a, a pretty strong stranglehold on the series. So the Panthers are in a good spot, and the news coming out today about Barkow's injury is, is definitely overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, and, and you said it best with uh, with Alexander Barkov, and not necessarily. I don't want to say the words taking more risk, as in as in him not uh, as in uh, as in Maurice taking the foot off the gas. These guys are going to be put, putting their foot on the gas reg- regardless of everything. And of course, it helps that Bob, Sergei Bobrovsky uh, is, is one thirty two of one thirty five in the crease. Uh, that that's uh, most stops in the first three games of a conference final. Matthew Kachuk still performing the way he is, uh, having the most points in a single postseason. Just recently passing uh, D- Dave Lowry. And the, the fact that the Panthers as well in this whole run, they're they're the low they're the lowest team to get two straight three uh, O series leads uh, going yeah. back to the Toronto series and 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 now so it just it's just really encouraging that that the that the news for Alexander Barkov is, is just there and and that we we can we as fans can exhale and and breathe a sigh of relief when it comes to. When it comes to Alexander Barkov and and his uh, and his status for for Game Four, and I, I I really have a good feeling that the Panthers, regardless of everything, that they're gonna be that that they're gonna be fine fine, and that and that they will still play hard for for their goaltending, for their coach, uh, and their and their captain, even even though that even though if he whether he's on the ice or not. But we're gonna transition over to segment number two. Where we're gonna discuss more about the Florida Panthers and a comparison to their run there's their run now and another team that had a cinderella run just recently uh a few a few years ago we're going to discuss that next year on the lockdown florida panthers podcast but first we're going to tell you all about ebay motors and for a championship team it's all about making sure that every player is a perfect fit it's the same when it comes to your vehicle every part needs to fit just right so the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check so you know every part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. 
Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. That's right. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Segment number two here on this special Wine Ins Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, an in-person edition of the show. And Jacob, one thing I was very curious about, yet even even before Game Three ended, of course, Bob was on on such a tear. I I I just start to I just started to start saying Bob Smythe. I I just put it in my in my uh, description on yesterday. So just because, uh, and just when you talk about recent history. For for a team that was, you know, not expected to be here to 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 say it best, the first team I thought of and the first goaltender I thought of was also a, a person making ten million dollars as well. Well, ten point five, slightly over. It was Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens, and I decided to you know I, just looking up just just uh if for people watching on the youtube i have a little bit of a venn diagram here comparing and contrasting the runs that that the florida panthers are currently on and what the what the montreal canadians did and some of the comparisons both of them came back from a 3-1 deficit yeah both of them had eric stall eric stall and this the difference in this one is eric stall was a free agent signing well a, a few weeks after because the ltir it helped the panthers of course the pto but Buffalo trading for Eric Stahl for a third and a fifth. Both have a $10 million goalie. Uh, they were the last team in in, in in the postseason. Both went through coaching changes, but Montreal went through their midseason versus um, Panthers in the offseason. And a whole bunch of one-goal win, uh, wins. The Montreal Canadiens had 10 of them in their run to the Stanley Cup final before losing to the Tampa Bay Lightning four games to one. The Panthers currently have eight. And there are and there are one win away from the Stanley Cup final. Uh, what what when it comes to the Panthers and and the and when when you talk about recent history for the for the Habs as well in that, uh, just just what what do you see as far as what they're doing on the ice? Um, so I see rock solid goaltending. That's number one. Uh, Carey Price stole them a, a bunch of games in that run, and Sergei Bobrovsky has done the same thing for the Panthers this year. Uh, when you when you win so many one goal games, the margin for error there is so, so slim. And we were just talking about this pre-recording the, the Panthers have, they, yesterday's game was the first regulation win for the Panthers since uh, game two of the series against Toronto. Mm-hmm. They've had to be clutch. They've had to develop that clutch gene. They've had to win overtime games. There was the four overtime game. When you have those, those razor thin margins of error, the goaltending has to be nearly perfect. Uh, because one goal is literally the difference. You give up one extra goal, and that's the difference in a game. That's the difference in the series. And Sergei Bobrovsky has, he simply is just not allowed it. He hasn't given up that one goal that could swing the entire series. So that's that's the biggest similarity I see between the this year's Panthers team and that Montreal Canadiens team. Um, a big difference, of course, is is that was the year with the weird division alignments. They went through the All Canadian Division, mm-hmm. uh, the North Division. Um, but both, both teams had to run through the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. um, which they honestly, per, just the eye test, they handled the Maple Leafs in a very, very similar way. Uh, physicality, beating up on the, on the star players for that team, uh, just really smothering them, not allowing them to, to get their offense going. That's what the Panthers did against Toronto. That's what the Canadians did against Toronto that year. 
Um, and and uh, I, I think I think center play is another thing that's that's really caught my eye compared to that season. Um, Nick Suzuki was so good defensively as a center in that in that in that season for Montreal, and, and Sasha Barkov has been that and more. And I think what puts the Panthers over the top and gives them a much more legitimate chance of contending and, and winning these next five games needed uh, to reach the promised land compared to Montreal is the, the, the top end scoring talent, the, the superstar talent that the Panthers are, are afforded with right now. Um, you've got Matthew Kachuk, which Montreal would have killed to have a player like that uh, mm-hmm. that season. Uh, Sam Reinhardt has had really timely goals. Sam Bennett has been fantastic. So those are the, those are the type of players that really put it over the top for me, but uh, defensively, I think it's very similar defensively. I think Mark Stahl has taken on that Ben Sherratt role. I think Aaron Ekblad has been that Shea Weber type player. Mm-hmm. I think Brandon Montour has just been fantastic. Yeah, I can't even find a comparison really on that, that Montreal team for what Brandon Montour has done. Uh, Gus Forsling, very different style compared to, to Edmondson, Joel Edmondson over in Montreal, but uh, same result, rock solid uh, defense on the left side of the blue line. So I think there's a lot of similarities to that Montreal team that made a run. I just think the Panthers have a much better shot roster construction wise of actually finishing it. Yeah. And, and you, you talk about for, for, for them as well, as far as uh, make a lot creating mistakes for their opposition as well. And that's what, that's what um, the, the Panthers and the Canadians did in both. I mean, 52 game, 82 game season versus a 56 uh, uh, the, the, also the different expectations coming in. I mean, Montreal was the 12th seed in the Stanley cup bubble before defeating the Edmonton Oilers who were the fifth seed that year while the Florida Panthers were the president's um, trophy winners as well. Uh, The Panthers uh, invested in a young goaltender. We spoke about pre-recording how the, the Montreal Canadiens, once they gave that contract to Carey Price, they didn't invest in heavily in in a young goaltender as well and trade deadline moves as well. Um, the Montreal Canadiens made th- um, three trade deadline moves uh, there while the Panthers made absolutely zero and uh, point point per game as far as point pace. Uh, Panthers are um, this season with 92 points. They're 1.12 points a, ga- a game. And while Montreal was 1.05 per game, which would be 86 points uh, in, a, in a typical season, which wouldn't have Montreal even making it to the Stanley Cup playoffs in a, in, in a normal season. But of course, you're not playing everyone. You're only playing in, in the Canadian division specifically. You're only playing six other teams um, in there. Of course, with the odd number there, you had to play some teams 10 times, some teams nine as far as that. And the, both, both, uh, both uh, once they advanced to the second round, both had quick series as well. Yeah. The Panthers with the Maple Leafs did this year around the, the, the Toronto, um, the, Montreal Canadiens in the second round against the Winnipeg Jets, who swept swept them, and it all changed, of course, with the brutal hit that Mark Shifley had on Jake Evans on an empty net goal. That was just that the game was over at, at that point, too. Uh, and 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 you and you're and you're wondering what the heck? Why are you, why are you why are you doing making that type of uh, t- type of dirty play? I mean, and we also saw a dirty play from Jamie Ben in uh, in uh, yeah. game three between the Dallas Ooh. Stars and the. Talk and the uh, Vegas Golden Knights, and that that took the spirits away from the Dallas Stars. But also, this that that series in 2021 took the spirits out of the Winnipeg Jets as well. Paul Maurice can probably tell you all about that yeah. um, when, when when talking about the the spirits that were just taken away uh, fr- from them. And I mean, Bobrovsky in in uh, I 
the the I was I was looking up the the numbers like just statistic, statistically. Carey Price played 22 postseason games, 2.28 GAA, 924 save percentage. Bob's numbers are better right now statistically. That's how impressive of a run he's been in these last um 12 games. 2.15 GAA and a 930 and uh, 35 uh, uh save percentage for for Sergey Bobrovsky. He's doing everything and and the fact that these are low scoring as well, you, you said it best. The the goaltender has to be your best player, the guy who's uh, who's always lined up ready to to move from right to left and and vice versa as well ready to if, if the putt if there's a, there's a centering feed when, when to do a poke check as well versus staying back when to be on a to the top of the crease on, on a rush to to when to to when to hug the post um when when there's a board battle um in the corner as well that is what sergey Bobrovsky is doing everything right for and that's why the florida panthers are here yeah, and his stats have been absolutely remarkable, but they honestly are even better than the stats that you that you just read there because those those stats include the outlier games in Boston where he was just getting back into the net and gave yeah. up a ton of goals <laughs> right off the bat that that we, we just he has slammed the door entirely since then. Uh, to I don't think people fully understand how absolutely absurd his game was in Game One of this series. The 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 amount of time that he was on the ice to to make the some of the saves he made uh the the mental toughness the focus like he is on another level right now he has not played this 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 confident uh since really since his time in columbus his last year in columbus against that against the tampa bay lightning that year this is the best version of sergey Bobrovsky we have seen since then this is probably even better uh because what really what really kind of uh, cemented it for me uh, where where I kind of had that moment like okay th- like this is Bob's show it wasn't even the four overtime game it wasn't game two it was actually game three uh and and Nason gets in on a breakaway and he's ch- he, he's gonna challenge Bob upstairs which is everyone knows Bob has a tendency to go go down to the butterfly a little bit early sometimes so people tend to shoot high on him Bob came way out of the crease snags that with the glove casually and made that look like the easiest save he's made all season. Mm-hmm. And that is a, that was a breakaway that that was a really challenging shot to stop. And that, that could have been a huge momentum, momentum turning point in that, in that game. And he just came out and slammed the door quickly. Uh, I think, I think he's been fantastic. His positioning has been great, but it's the confidence that he's playing with. That's really making the difference. And I think in, in game three, we saw he caught a couple lucky breaks with uh, pucks hitting the post and one that, that he swept off the goal line with this pad and, uh, some of those you can call them lucky breaks, but it, as a goaltender, those lucky breaks are often a product of just great positioning. Where the only thing that you leave open is is the post. You cover everything but the post, and if, if it hits the post, it's not hitting the post at an angle where it's going to go in because his positioning is that solid. So I think I think he's he's earning his lucky breaks. He's playing so solid that the puck really has nowhere to go but off the post or or missing the net wide unless it's hitting him. So I think he's. He's doing a great job, uh, and personally, I think I think his confidence is through the roof. Uh, but you wouldn't be able to tell it based on on talking on on his post game interviews and uh, his interactions with the press. And I think if anyone's watched uh, through the game, how when he got to speak with Henrik Lundqvist, uh, really showed the kind of character he has as a goalie. Uh, immediately gave his props to Lundqvist and and talked about how honored he was to even be talking to to King Henrik, but. He's he's putting up generational numbers right now in the playoffs. 
Um, and he's just, he's very confident, but he's very humble. And I think uh, it's a good recipe for success. Put, putting some respect on, on a legend, uh, Hen- Henrik Lundqvist there. And of course, uh, being unselfish, crediting his teammates for the work that they've done in front of him. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like quarterback play um, in, in the NFL. Yep. When, whenever the, um, a quarterback is playing well, you give credit to your teammates. When you're not playing well, you pin it on yourself. And that and the big credit to Sergey Bobrovsky night in and night out of what he's doing and, and just continuing to to perform in that fashion. And of course, like you, like you said on the nascent breakaway, just not even nowhere close to putting some mustard on it. Nowhere close to uh, um, a Patrick Waugh uh, save that, that he mm-hmm. <laughs> in, in there. So no, nowhere close, no, nowhere close to that, but we're going to transition to segment number three. We're going to go more into detail on the, the Florida Panthers and going from, um, laughing stock to contention and going more into uh, detail and just to put perspective on if you haven't been around this Florida Panthers franchise, uh, whether you're just recently a fan or have been for the last 10 years or even your even since 93 about just talking about more about the Panthers and how they how they got here in, in, in the, with one win away from the Stanley Cup final. We're going to discuss that next here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. But first, we're going to tell you all about bird dogs. And I look better and I feel great when wearing bird dogs. They're stretchy fabric that makes my legs look great and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the golf course to a meeting, date, or hanging out with friends. Bert Kreischer wakes up into his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, Show with his families all the shorts that he associates with the with the summer bird dogs. College football nerds say that they're perfect pants for dads that have little extra gut. Bird dogs makes them look great and feel comfortable. Part of my take host PFT famously wears pants and the only shorts he truly loves are bird dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on HL and enter promo code locked on HL. They'll throw in a custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every order once again that's birddog.com slash locked on nhl when you enter promo code locked on nhl segment number three here on this winans wednesday edition of the show jacob winans is here for an in-person show as we get ready for a game four between the florida panthers and the carolina hurricanes but like a like I talked about in the in in my post game show with Francisco Porta, Florida Panthers historian, which always always great when he he is able to come on the show. But of course, there's that article that Mark Lazarus of the Athletic put up that about the Florida Panthers and and there and when Vinny Viola took over to where they were now. And I read it multiple times now um, because I just wanted to just take it all in and just see, wow, this is what they were versus the versus you, you wouldn't think that this day, these, this day in, um, in the, in the, in the Panthers that they would, that they would be charged for food, which, which was what was happening with, with the, with the previous ownership. Brian Campbell was talking about how the, the hospitality of Vinny Viola taking him to his restaurant in his neighborhood, Vinny Viola just being a kid from, uh, Brooklyn and then and then taking up the, the team to 
his rest, uh, restaurant, of course, um, Vinny Viola being a, an, um, a, an army vet, taking the team to, a, to West Point. And, and the food, not only was it free, but it was bottomless too. And I've been I've been in the locker room for their their road game uh, a road game against the Tampa Bay Lightning and as I was walking out one time I see like a kind of a mini buffet that the Panthers mm-hmm. had and honestly part of me was thinking Jacob man would I want some of that food that, <laughs> that, the, that the that the Panthers yeah. are eating but it's just great to see like the what what message it sends to pe- to players that this is a welcoming environment that you are going to be taken care of as well. Yeah, I read that article also. I read it a couple of times myself. And it's honestly, if you haven't given that a read, I, I really encourage Panthers fans and just hockey fans in general to give that a read because it, it it tells a remarkable story. The Panthers were just, I mean, it was a poorly run organization and it was kind of a laughing stock, to be completely honest. Um, Brian Campbell talked about how, yeah, how they had the Panthers were paying $20 a meal for their own pregame and postgame meals. Ridiculous. It, this is the NHL <laughs> that should never happen, but um, the Vinny Viola came in and, and uh, really turned the culture around. And I think uh, there's, there's one point in that article where um, Matthew Caldwell, the team CEO was very, very honest about what, what they had thought uh, leading up to this. And he said that there were, there were some times uh, where they were in the process of trying to build the right culture and turn this around and they were thinking, is this ever going to actually work out? Because they were doing all the right things and they just were not seeing the results. And it, it's just a testament to their, one, their persistence, but two, their patience. I think the their patience has been, uh, you really can't say enough about it because a lot of people would have pulled the plug. Uh, we, we've all sat through the, the jokes about no fans. We've all listened through relocation rumors. We've all, and, and, I know how much that hurts, especially especially Arizona fans right now. I really, as Panther fans, we should all be hoping they get to keep their team. I would not wish that on anybody because there were times where the Panthers were about this close to having that happen. We, we've we've lived through all of that. And, and Vinny Viola and the leadership of this team has stayed the course, and, and it's really paying off right now, leading leading the NHL postseason in attendance. Um, number, one, number one in ratings multiple rounds of this playoffs, most viewers in in the NHL. This is legit. This is not just a flash in the pan. This is legit. Uh, It's not a new thing either. The the Panthers versus Lightning series past two years has been the highest rated first. uh, Two years ago was the highest rated first round. Last year was the highest rated second round, even though the Panthers got swept. This is is a legitimate turnaround for this franchise, and it it really has come a long way. Uh, Everyone's got their own story for how they first started liking the Panthers. When their first game was, everybody remembers it. My first, my first introduction to Panthers hockey was a, a team with Ole Jokinen. Um, Nathan Horton was my favorite player. All these guys that, that weren't necessarily superstars, and it was a team that wasn't very good. But I used to get tickets to Panthers games free with a Little Caesars $5 hot and ready pizza. And that is not a joke. <laughs> it's, it's fun. We can laugh at it, and it's funny, but that is the honest truth of how I started going to Panthers games. The tickets were free with a Little Caesars pizza. And now if you go looking for a ticket, it's probably $200 plus to get in the building uh, for a chance to go to the Stanley Cup final. It, it's, it's an incredible turnaround. Um, and, and, there's an, and if you, as a fan, you're very proud of, of, of this team and where, where it's come from, uh, from where it was. Uh, you're valid in, in, in having that, that pride. It's, it's more than just being a fan. Like there, this is something legitimate to be proud of because it, it, is, it has come 
miles and miles from where it was just a few years ago. Yeah, and you talk about city theme nights that of giveaways from Davy Night, Hialeah Night, uh, all over South Florida, just trying to lure fans as well, and it it not working. Of course, the Cure is winning, and of course, uh, winning the draft lottery three times in '98, 2002, 2003, trading them away, and then of course, you mentioned Nathan Horton, uh, Norton Horton as one of the the picks that they got. Jay Bomeister was the another pick that they that they had, and of course, uh, there was some turmoil with uh, Rick Dudley and Mike Keenan. Um, the sending Steve, the Stephen Weiss, Weiss. Uh, yeah. situation, sending him to junior and then, and without the permission, you can't, you can't, I can't even imagine Palmer's trying to send someone to even AHL Charlotte um, uh, in a transaction and, and then not consulting with uh, Bill, Bill Zito uh, about it. And then of course the, and then uh, there's a post of how loyal are, are you these days when it comes to uh, sports teams, Nick Fairbanks uh, posted a photo of Pavel Bure when he was traded at the 2001 trade deadline. I wasn't following the Panthers then, but I can only imagine just the pain that Panther fans uh, went went through uh, for, for that. And of course, uh, with with what we've spoken, hammered everything about War Memorial and downtown for Lauderdale of what's, uh, what's going on. And of course, the toughness that the, the, the tough decision as well, and the inherit inheriting a general manager from the previous ownership and Dale Talon to what they had now, and then conflicting styles as well. Of course, we know about everything that happened with the Gerard Gallant situation, even though it was under this ownership, and 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 you know people were wondering is this is is it is this the same old Panthers too when when it, when when that situation uh, uh, came came about, and then of course in, insert Bill Zito and. I, I just remember when he made that trade for uh, Patrick Hornquist. Let, let's not forget that he, he had a modified no trade clause and the Panthers were one of his team and he decided to waive it to Florida. Yeah, he hasn't been he hasn't played since December 3rd. And 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 but the but it sent a, a, a message very early that they're not going to be pushed around. They're not going to they, they they need that grittiness, that toughness. And even though they got one in Matthew Kachuk years later, that was the start. And that was the chain reaction that the Florida Panthers had. And you started to see. The, we we speak all about building blocks, like building a house as well. Nobody could have forecasted that Matthew Kachuk would have been part of traded here. But now when you look back at that first transaction for Patrick Hornquist, it, it, it kind of all, it all makes sense as to how that, how this is put together for the run that they're currently on. Yeah. They, they Bill Zito's first moves were to bring in a few culture setting type guys like Radko Gudis, Patrick Hornquist, uh, some veterans who have, who have been there and, 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 really gotten it done. Um, but I think another, another thing that, that really we haven't even touched on in this topic is, is the, this Panthers ownership group has dealt with some things that no matter what amount of planning you could have put in, they've, they've had to cross some hurdles that were completely unforeseen. Um, when Rini Viola bought the team, I'm sure he had no idea that there was going to be a very, very uh, un, unlucky and, and honestly kind of unfortunately set up expansion draft with Vegas uh you you strike gold in a guy like Jonathan Marcheseau who uh, if all if all goes according to plan in the next couple of days we could be uh seeing <laughs> really up close very soon but, and Riley Smith and Riley Smith but you, you strike gold in a guy like Marcheseau and then immediately lose him for free uh to Vegas um situations like the Tom Rowe situation I mean you, you really don't see that coming um, and, and that set the Panthers back and they had to rebound immediately uh, following that. Uh, a big one, of course, is, is Joel Quenville. You make a hire that you think is the most stable, most locked, locked in, guaranteed, 
uh, no drama coach coaching hire you can make a guy who has won multiple cups and you're thinking we got our guy. This is a guy who's going to lead us to a Stanley Cup. And then something from 10 years ago in his past that is a horrible mistake that he made that has nothing to do with the Panthers. The Panthers had to come out and they had to come up and, and pay the price for his individual actions, which they never they never could have seen that coming. And they were able to overcome that. Um, so the, the Panthers have had some really unfortunate obstacles that they've had to deal with. And still they persisted and, and uh, they stayed the course. And I think that's really a testament to, to the leadership, to the culture. Um, we talk about heat culture all the time. I think the Panthers are starting to are starting to develop their own. And, and honestly, it's it's very similar to what they've got going down in, in Miami. It's it's a it's a winning culture. It's a it's a culture of of professionalism. Uh, the, and make no mistake, the the Panthers are now a destination uh, for free agents. Matthew Kachuk is an all star player, one of the top five players in, in the entire world right now. And he made it clear he wanted to come to Florida. That was not something that was out of his hands. He handpicked Florida as a destination he wanted to be traded to, and I think that speaks volumes. Uh, and then uh, and we talk about we talk about where the Panthers were uh, as an organization, how they were looked at around the league. They were not a destination. They were not financially viable. Um, they they weren't a team that that was spending to the cap. They weren't a team that was serious about contending. Uh, and now now superstars want to play in Florida and. The Panthers are so good they can charge fifty dollars for parking. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, they 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 certainly can because the, the the people will pay for it and they will come definitely. And you you also think about how with uh with Tom Rowe going going in the same year uh in the same calendar year the both the Mar- Marlins and the Florida Panthers had people from the front office come in and and coach the the team the rest of that yep. year. So 20, 2016, 2017 was just a uh, a strange year for really South Florida, <laughs> for, for South Florida sports uh, yeah. there. And also it, it, it goes it, also the focus that Bill Zito and the passion that he had for wanting to come to Florida as well in his interview that, that, that food was brought to their table when he was originally interviewing and then nobody touched the food for, it. and it was up to 3am and, and, and they were just so focused and just present. That, that's the right word. Present is the right word. Can you imagine to... an eight-hour job interview? <laughs> that's nuts. And and maybe not looking at your phone, or maybe not yeah. even uh, even like checking the time, or maybe not even going to the bathroom. I I, I don't know. I wasn't there. But uh, talk about um, they spoke about how he was animated and engaged, and even even um, I got to speak to Bill Zito um, before Game One of this uh, of this season, of course. Th- the Panthers started three games on the road. Aaron Ekblad had his injury, and of course, you, we, we we had an opportunity to to chat with Bill Zito there as well. And even then, he was animated, even though it was a horrible situation. Of course, and of course, his opening statement too after the trade deadline about we're not going to give up on the team, we're not going to give up on the fans. I remember the way he said it too, and it just, and that and that it doesn't seem fake for him neither. And and the fact that they described uh, Bill Zito as animated. And passionate as well behind the scenes and the fact that he does it in front of the camera as well it just it just goes to show about the his commitment to this and, and does that not seem like a, a mirror image of leadership from the top down the the panthers leadership Vinny viola matthew caldwell uh doug sifu all these guys who who took over the panthers as, as a new regime have stayed the course they have they have trusted in their, in, in their vision for the for the franchise so 
it, it really should come as no surprise that when the trade deadline rolls around, Bill Zito is, is just a reflection of the leadership in this organization. He stayed the course with this year's team. He stayed the course with this year's roster, his vision for what they could be. And it's, it's really coming to fruition. He stayed the course with his coaching hire, which lots of people, myself included, were very, very uh, questionable on uh, about midway through this season. And, and um, that's, that's why he's, that's why he's so good at his job. I mean, he, he had a vision that of, of what this team was capable of that a lot of people probably couldn't see at the time because I just hadn't come together and it, it really clicked at the right time. But yeah, Zito's, uh, Bill Zito's persistence and his, his willingness to stick by this group that he, that he put together for this season. I, I really do think that's a reflection of the culture and leadership that the Panthers organization has now, because if, if, the, the front office, the ownership can stick by a plan uh, for the, the 10 years or so that they've owned this team and, and see it finally come to fruition. Uh, Bill Zito sticking by one, his roster for, for one year and, and uh, believing in, in this group of guys should come as no surprise. Uh, absolutely. And, and also one, one more note before we get out of here is the fact that they also have a full-time sports psychologist and, and helping these guys that. about quality of life off the ice because of course these these players are going through a lot of stress they have fans in their ears all the time tweeting at them uh, even though they probably shouldn't check twitter anyway they like the, the, it, it's loud whenever they whenever uh whenever the team is is not is not going through a good stretch as well and the fact that family stress as well off the ice as well um, of being away from from your kids and all that stuff too and and that helping these guys not only as players to help them win but as individuals and 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 looking out for them as well and of course with uh um, another one is a uh, uh, casual wear on on flights instead of wearing suits which is kind of dumb either either way and just uh get bringing a more relaxed feel uh to to whenever it comes to traveling for for games as well so just more just a big credit to uh everyone involved in this organization who have who have brought this team um we're seeing it on the ice now but this was a building blocks from long long ago almost a, a decade in the making and they're one win away from the stanley cup final but if you guys want to check out that article make sure to go to the athletic and check out mark lazarus's article and and it, it's it's long but it's worth the read, you, well worth it, the read. it's it, please i highly 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 recommend it that you guys go ahead and go go and read that but Jacob, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this live edition, live in-person edition, excuse me, of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And great, great to be, uh, great to be doing this with you in person. And the hopefully the Florida Panthers can uh, win uh, the Prince of Wales uh, trophy as it will be in the building tomorrow at FLA Live Arena. So tell everybody where they can follow you online. Definitely, you can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Winans Eight. Um, and yeah, we definitely will not be watching the game together because <laughs> we're terrible luck, but I, I, I hope for the Panthers fans that are able to go. Uh, I, I really do hope the Panthers are able to finally clinch a series at FLA Live Arena. Uh, the, the series, the series uh, winning goals are all coming on the road. So we got <laughs> gotta get, gotta get one of these uh, series at home. Uh, and, and man, it, this is, what a time. I, I'm so excited. I am so excited. Same, same here, my friend. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And, and, and I will see you next week on the show, my friend. Yeah. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steer Odin. 
and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for the everydayers, make sure to come back for tomorrow's edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. We'll be recapping game four of, of the Florida Panthers versus Carolina Hurricanes series. Maybe we'll be celebrating the Florida Panthers advancing to their first Stanley Cup final since 1996. So I'm Armando Velez with Jacob Winans. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.